it is the 200 level episode 211 let's talk hoops we need a break from football i will get to football at the end of this podcast i did a twitter poll something i have not done in quite some time and i wanted to gauge just how much the loss to utsa affected the fan base in terms of how many more games you're going to go to are you going to go to fewer games than you were before And I think that we got a bit of a litmus test on the fan base, at least listeners of this podcast, as to how much Saturday messed with them. It messed with me a little bit. I'm more sad than anything that I'd call it a missed opportunity, but really it is just another long line of disappointments at home that you can't afford as a football program. And I guess I'm excited for the game Saturday. I'm more excited, actually, to have Isaac and Trevor Come over to the house. We're doing a big cookout sort of thing outside. We are going to set up the podcast out by the grill on what looks to be an absolutely gorgeous, sunny, 85-degree September Saturday. So that is what we're going to do. Brunch on the grill, couple drinks, sit down and enjoy Illinois, probably get railroaded in Virginia. If we're being honest, Vegas has it as an 11-point game. Virginia has a lot of guys coming back on offense. We couldn't stop a nosebleed last Saturday, as Bart Scott would say. And I don't have a lot of faith in Illinois to win, more so than even a couple days ago, when I was trying to go the route of, listen, it's college football, anything can happen. I still hold that to be true, but I also recognize that it is exceedingly rare for Illinois to get a non-conference road win. You know the last time it happened? UConn, we can count that, I suppose, in 2019. Syracuse in 07. And I think it's something like those are two of the last 19 non-conference road games. The rest of them you've lost. So, not good. Though, as Harry Black would like to say, you're due. You're due for a win. We'll get to football at the end of this. I wanted to talk hoops. The schedule is out. And it is kind of... The hilarious part of media, sports media specifically, that a lot of what we do is pure speculation. So we are going to go over the schedule, every single game. We're going to talk about best case, worst case scenario. We're going to do that sort of exercise that I know is futile or futile, and yet it's fun to do. And we sit here basically six weeks away from an exhibition game at the State Farm Center. Six, seven weeks, that's it. It's actually two days after my birthday, October 23rd. It's St. Francis at home. And I don't think I'll be more excited or could be more excited for an exhibition game just to get back in the State Farm Center with the other fans and to see what I think is going to be a team every bit as good as last year. Sounds like hyperbole, perhaps. You lost Io DeSumo, your best player. How How on earth could you be as good or even better than last year? I'll get into why I think that this team might actually have a bit of a smoother road early on and that the way that this team is made up may be more beneficial for them as they get into March. So I'm feeling good about Illini Hoops. We needed to take a quick respite from football. We'll save that for the end if you're a glutton for punishment. But before we get too far into this episode of the 200 level, got to remind you that we're brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. 15 years they've been around. So as part of their 15th, cele- 15th anniversary celebration, good Lord, uh, go online to dpdoe.com and order a custom zone with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So whether it's a lunch at your office or a celebratory calzone after Illinois pulls off an unthinkable upset at Virginia. Go to dpdo.com. 
Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. You can still get football swag, of course, but as we're talking about I basketball, good Lord, are there great options on fourthandkirby.com. I got a few of their basketball t-shirts, including the Script Illinois, which they released a couple years ago, actually, and also the Corey Bradford t-shirt, one of my personal favorites, that and much more at fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your exterior home needs. These guys can do it all. Expert craftsmanship, great customer service, and they are great citizens of Champaign-Urbana. They've been giving back to the community since they opened up. So you can trust these guys with your work and also trust that they're good dudes. I mean, come on, Isaac works there. They got to be good, right? Rector Construction, that's R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. Finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian and his staff make the insurance process as easy as it could be. They did for me and Kara when we moved to our new place. Cannot recommend Brian and his staff enough. So go online to brianismyguy.com. Make Brian your guy. He is my guy. Got to think a lot, I inquire, and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Hey, real quick, uh, part of this house cleaning thing that we do at the start of some episodes Rate and review us if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts. That helps us move up the search engine. When someone searches a line eye, the 200 level can be one of the first ones that pops up for them. I know that we are. Um, it is through these rate, ratings and reviews that we've gained a lot of exposure. Even if it's a negative review and you want to sling mud at me or the 200 level podcast, by all means, sling mud. One star reviews welcome on Apple Podcast. Okay, Alani Basketball. We are on the verge, and this is a nice little break from football conversation. When we think about a team that I do think will be top five, I think we'll get a two or a one seed in the NCAA tournament. And I think that November and December will be more enjoyable than last November and December. That goes without saying. We're going to be in the stands. That is one key difference. We'll be able to experience this in person. That's massive. But more than that, I'm talking about the product on the court and why I think it'll be a little bit smoother of a transition than what we saw last year. Now, last year's team, you got to keep in mind, Iowa's gone. Adam Miller is gone. Uh, that still kind of stinks. I, I really am shaking my head even mentioning the name Adam Miller because he seemed primed, I thought, for a monster sophomore year where he would take a jump offensively in terms of consistency and be a great defender, which we saw that last year. No, he's at LSU. whoop de doo Just one of the most puzzling things I've seen in my years of being a college basketball fan. But alas, he's not on the team, so what about the guys that are? Well, this is why I think this team and its makeup is actually conducive to a hot start against a favorable schedule. Your two best players are the point guard and the big man. And that alone is going to give you a leg up early on because you can get easy buckets, whereas other teams may not get them as easily. Andre Corbello and Kofi Coburn are going to be a dynamic duo, to borrow a cliche term, but it is true. There are a few duos in the nation that I would take over those two. And actually, I struggle to think of one. I'm biased, of course. But when you think of what Andre Corbello can do a point, and the fact there is no other guy like Kofi Coburn, it's difficult to imagine any other tandem that has their unique skill set. So you got that as a starter. That will give you a little bit of a buffer, even if other guys are struggling early on. But that's the thing. The other guys are, on the whole, pretty old. And when I think about a backcourt that still includes Trent and DeMonte, adds Plummer as well, those guys, I think the mean age is 23. 
not even exaggerating. These are all fifth-year seniors, sixth-year in the case, I believe, of DeMonte. So that gives you experience in the backcourt coupled with Andre Curbelo. Love the backcourt. Why wouldn't you? What we saw from Trent when Io was out last year leads me to believe that Trent will be more of that microwave on offense. Uh, I don't want to say Trent became passive the last two years. He did sort of transition into a defensive stopper that could hit you some threes. I think you get the best of both worlds this year and someone that will average closer to the 13 a game than 10. And that's a key difference. Plummer, we know, can get hot. There will be games where maybe he scores five or six and games where he scores 20. Uh, But we'll see on the defensive part. And if that means, is he going to be the guy off the bench first or is he going to be a starter from day one? The wing position, Hutch, you know, this guy is turning into a mythological creature almost, the way that we talk about Austin Hutcherson and how good he's going to be if he's on the court and healthy. Well, we've seen pictures of him at camp. Alani Basketball is making sure to feature him in some of these, which leads me to believe that at least right now, he is healthy. And we're going to continue to get glowing reports out of camp. I'm going to proceed under the assumption that he will be a good role player, but I'm not going to go any further than that. If healthy, he will be a valuable role player that can do a little bit of everything, sort of like a more athletic Jacob Grandison. Lest we forget how good Jacob Grandison was for the second half of last year. Yes, he struggled in the NCAA tournament game. There was one game in the Big Ten tournament, I believe he struggled. But on the whole, when he got in the starting lineup, you were damn near unstoppable. So I'm very excited to get Grandison back. I think he's a great glue guy to borrow yet another cliche term. And then the key, of course, and I say wing slash big guy, Coleman Hawkins. Glowing reviews. This guy's improved more than anyone else on the roster, said Brad Underwood a month or two ago. Maybe so. And maybe we do see that jump. You don't need much offense from him. You don't. You really need him to just be active defensively, get you some rebounds, and get some garbage buckets. If he does more than that, great. You don't need him to. And then your backcourt. Kofi backed up by Omar Payne. That is your roster without even really mentioning the freshman. One of those freshmen is going to hit. And whether that's in a role-playing role or a more featured role, that remains to be seen. But one of these guys will be in the rotation, I would think, this year. That's an old team. That's a wise team. And again, you have a tandem that I think no other team in the country can really point at Andre Curbelo and Kofi Coburn and say, oh, well, we got two guys that can match what these guys do. I don't know if that's the case. Take all that together. November and December sets up nicely for this team. Here is what your non-conference schedule looks like. Of course, St. Francis from Illinois. There's actually two St. Francis's on this schedule. St. Francis from Illinois, Saturday, October 23rd. Now, there is not a home game for football. I think that's at Penn State that day. So you don't get the double dip. Honestly, though, I think we'll need to cleanse the palate after playing at Penn State for football. And this gives you an opportunity to go see an exhibition game in mid-October. I like that. The next Friday, Indiana, Pennsylvania? Sure, why not? Another exhibition game. So you get two exhibition games before Halloween. It seems unusual. Opening game is Jackson State on Tuesday, November 9th. Arkansas State, Friday, November 12th. So now we get into the meat of the schedule. Let's say you're 2-0. And yes, I'm going to do that exercise. We're just going to rip through the schedule and give a record to it. At Marquette. Now, this is the first challenge of the year, right? You see Marquette, you know that Shaka Smart is up there now. And as I look at the Torvik rankings, now what are the Torvik rankings, you may be asking? Torvik is sort of like Ken Palm. 
And uh, let's see, Marquette is currently, when is that? 94th in the Torvik rankings. There is no Ken Palm ranking available, at least as of yet. Uh, Torvik does some of those analytics sort of things that preview what these teams may be this year in college basketball. So 94th, it's a name more than it is an actual threat, Marquette. Let's call that a win, 3-0 to start the season. Versus Cincinnati. So this is now getting into the tournament. Uh, I want to make sure I get the tournament's name right here. This is the, oh, God, what was the name of it? Well, it's in Kansas City, and Cincinnati is your first game, and then you might have a matchup against Kansas State or Arkansas coming up after that. Cincinnati, as I cue this up here, is projected at 67 in the American Conference. So 67th nationally, coming out of the American Conference. Again, whether it's they lost a lot of guys or not, that is a team that should not beat you. How about Kansas State? Hmm, let me think here. Probably not. 97th in the Torvik rankings. How about Arkansas? That is where it gets interesting. 31st. We saw a team, I think, in Arkansas last year that was a top seven or six seed in the NCAA tournament. They were kind of a sexy pick to go deep into it. Plenty of athletes. So let's say you get to a championship in this two-day tournament in Kansas City and face Arkansas. I'm still going 5-0. and oh. I am. UT Rio Grande, Rio Grande Valley, excuse me, Grande. 6-0, and oh. that's Friday, November 26th, leading to Notre Dame Big Ten ACC Challenge at the State Farm Center Monday, November 29th. Notre Dame this year on the Torvik rankings, and I'm going scratch here, 29th. This is where it gets interesting, but it is a home game. Undefeated still. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and oh. Rutgers, Big Ten opener on Friday, December 3rd. Well, Rutgers lost a couple guys from last year. This is a nice start to the Big Ten schedule, I think. 61st nationally in the preseason rankings on BartTorvik.com. Let's say eight and oh. This leads to at Iowa. Yes, Monday, December 6th. Okay, Iowa, as we know, there is no Garza. Weiskamp, Weiskamp, excuse me, he's gone. But they did return, oh God, who's the turd? They have so many white guards and I honestly lose track of them. Oh my God. Why am I forgetting his name? Did I try to just banish it from my memory? You guys are shouting it into either your phone or your car stereo right now. He's the really annoying white guy. The really, really annoying one. Well, he came back. Iowa, if I uh, look here on these rankings, oh God, looks like they took a big dip here. 60th nationally. I'd say that's about right. I think they're a middle pack of the Big Ten team. They do have some younger guys that I think will be just fine for them this year, but it is on the road. Does that concern me? Yes. Do you win? Yes. 9-0. Are we having fun yet? Imagine this. 9-0 after a win at Iowa on Monday, December 6th. Arizona at home. Another game that you should win. That's a program that I don't want to say is flailing, but they have plenty of issues. 34th in the preseason rankings on BartTorvik.com, 10 and 0. Okay. Am I getting ridiculous here? There's got to be a game that we're going to lose in the non-conference, right? St. Francis, PA at home. That'd be 11 and 0. Let's see. 7, 1, 2, 3, 4. 11 and 0, leading to Bragging Rights. For the love of God, you are due in the Bragging Rights game. I cannot stomach losing another one of these things to Conzo Martin. I think Mark Smith is coming back. Is that right? I kind of hope he does, just to add a little bit of juice to this. And maybe Jeremiah Tillman, though, who really knows. Missouri, next year, they are ranked in the Bart Torvik rankings. I'm looking for him, 151. 
They were senior heavy last year. Apparently lost a lot of guys, 151. You have to beat them and beat them soundly, please. 12 and 0. I'll call that win. Florida AM, Wednesday, December 29th, 13 and 0. I'm going with a perfect preseason, and that includes two Big Ten games. At Minnesota, they're terrible, 14 and 0. Minnesota's going to be god awful this year. That should not be a concern. That's on a Sunday, January 2nd. Maryland at home. This is where it begins to get interesting. But again, Maryland losing a couple guys, including, I believe, their defensive stopper from last year. That gets you all the way to 14 and 0. At Nebraska, 15 and 0. Yes, I'm going there. This sounds ridiculous, but bear in mind on these rankings, and I'm going pretty much scratch and understanding full well that they're, I should probably build in a margin for error or something, but Illinois is the highest ranked team that they will play. In other words, there is no team ranked higher on this website. And Bart Torvik has become sort of like, um, I don't want to say Ken Palm light. That may not be fair to him, but this is someone who is pretty respected and he does have these preseason rankings up. But you do have Illinois sixth nationally, Purdue seventh, Michigan eighth, Ohio State 11th. Those are the teams that are going to be competing for a Big Ten title. Okay. So I had what, 13 and 0, 14 and 0 after Minnesota, 15 and 0 after Maryland, 16 and 0 at Nebraska. God. <laughs> this leads to a two game swing that really is key for the Big Ten race. Michigan at home on Friday, January 14th, Purdue at home on Monday, January 17th. Two incredibly tough teams. I will say you split. I will say you split. I need to probably give this team a loss somewhere. They are not going to run the table like 0405 almost did. That would get us to 17 and 1 on January 17th at Maryland. Let's throw in a tough loss in there. 17 and 2. Okay, let's just say there's a temporary swoon in mid-January, 17 and 2. Michigan State at home. At home, 18 and 2. At Northwestern. 19 and 2. Wisconsin at home, 20 and 2. At Indiana, let's say a fluky loss. They aren't even that good, but they're good enough, right? Let's say 19 and 3. At Purdue, let's say 19 and 4. Northwestern. And I just kind of skipped over that. Are we going to I'm going to we're going to split with Purdue. I'm sorry. 20 and 3. That's my mistake. Northwestern Sunday, February 13th, 21 and 3. At Rutgers, 22 and 3. At Michigan State, 22 and four. Let's just throw that in there. Ohio State, 25 and four. At Michigan, 25 and five. Let's say you split the season series with Michigan, 25 and five. Penn State at home, 26 and five. Iowa at home, 27 and five. Is that ludicrous? I don't think so. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a 15 and five season in the Big Ten. In this Big Ten, I think it gets it done. There is more balance at the top with Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue. Let's throw Michigan State in there just because of who they are. I'm trying to look here on the Torvik rankings to see the next Big Ten team listed. Maryland at 26. You know that Mark Turgeon's teams are tough, especially against Illinois. That's why I have them splitting with Illinois. Indiana at 30th is interesting with some of those guys coming back for Woodson. And then a significant drop-off. Or the next team you have is Northwestern at 50. But I am not going to predict Northwestern to beat Illinois. Can't happen. And, and part of the reason is, I mentioned the early part of this schedule and why I think that this team will do better in November and December than last year's team. I specifically mentioned how easier buckets 
will come for this team because of Curbelo and Kofi. That will give them a leg up on competitions trying to figure their thing out offensively. But there's another factor to this team. Because there's not Io, I'm not going to go nearly as far to say addition by subtraction. But we do recall last year that when that team stagnated offensively, it was in moments where they looked at Io and said, bail us out. You're Io DeSumo. When that option was taken away from them late in the season, they actually flourished offensively. You did not see prolonged stretches of stagnant offense in the games of Nebraska at home, at Wisconsin, and at Michigan. The offense was pretty damn good in all three of those games. Would that have continued if Io never came back? I don't know about that. I think teams would have been able to adjust. But I think it is a good sign of things to come for this collection of guys. Adam Miller had a part in that. The Nebraska game at home when I was out, Adam Miller scored 20-some points. That is a loss, but I do think you can overcome that with Plummer, with the fact that Corbello will be more a point of focus on offense, and that Trent will be, I think, more of an aggressive scorer. And he kind of had to be by necessity last year when Iowa went out. I, I do think that that was the trial run for this team, and that is what I'm going off of. Uh, small sample size. I understand how three games... At the end of February, uh, maybe everything just clicked, and that team is not going to look that good consistently next year. But I think they will. I also think the factor of losing how you did in the NCAA tournament, that is fuel that will, or should, I should say, last an entire season. There was no excuse for that team to bow out as early as they did. And if that is not fodder for the locker room, if that's not the kind of thing that keeps their butts in gear, even in these games where maybe... Not everything is clicking the way that they want it to be. I would hope it would be enough, at least, for them to avoid games like Maryland at home last year, where they looked outright lethargic. Those things happened last year. And, of course, we remember the one seed. We remember the fact that this team had a remarkable run from the Iowa game at home to the end of the Big Ten tournament. It was the most remarkable run that I've seen outside of 0405 in my lifetime as an Illini fan. But even so... The way that that early part of the schedule had unfolded, there was always that small chance of them reverting back to it. And unfortunately, they did at the worst possible time and played probably the worst game of the year at the most important time. So I do think there's something to be said for a team that has a disappointment to that level, using that as the rallying point for an entire season. Now, this is as fanboy as I will get. And you know that Illini basketball is what I'm most excited about. Football, walked out of the UTSA game, whatever. Illini basketball after the Loyola game, I didn't know if I could podcast again. <laughs> like, that is the difference. Illini basketball losses, when they're good, they still hurt me. No matter how I could try to train myself out of it, it's just the way it is. And there is a possibility that this team does not achieve those lofty expectations. But I think that some people are sleeping on how good Illinois is going to be, understandably so because of the loss of Io DeSumo. But they were not watching the player that Andre Curbelo became at the end of last year. And Andre Curbelo in the Big Ten tournament was your best player. Andre Curbelo, not Io. Kofi was pretty good. Io was a little bit out of sorts that weekend. You won the Big Ten tournament against three ranked teams in three days, with Andre Curbelo, yes, having a rough game against Rutgers, but my God, against Iowa and against Ohio State. He's the key to everything. And barring any injuries in any team, 
can say that, right? That's always the variable, barring any injuries. This team should win the Big Ten title. The regular season, maybe the Big Ten tournament too, though you know what, we got it last year. I want the regular season title. I think 15-5 and five gets it done in this Big Ten. I don't think anyone goes a 17-3 and three or 18-2. and two. There will be a slip up or two, and there will be a head scratcher, I would think. But if I look back to last year, especially in the early going, there were enough performances that had us thinking, oh, dear God, <laughs> they are not going to reach those lofty expectations we had for them. Um, I, I don't know if that's the case this year. I think they are every bit as capable of winning a national title as last year's team. That is a two-man game I'm really focusing on, Kofi and Andre Corbello. I understand that that sort of blueprint has not led to many NCAA championships. The idea that your best player is going to be a big man who's a bruiser like Kofi. We have not seen that recently. In fact, Baylor last year, they have a bunch of Omar Paynes running around, getting transition buckets, getting all the rebounds. And yeah, Kofi, the free throw thing could rear its ugly head again. But this strikes me as a team that has all the pieces, that has the added value of age and experience, and the other variable of an early exit the year before and letting that be the fuel for the entire season. Color me excited. Well, that's an understatement. I'm a little bit more than excited. Uh, this is something that came at a great time in a, in a week where we are presuming Illinois football will, in fact, lose again. Right. So thank you, Big Ten, and thank you, Illinois, for getting this schedule out with all the dates. You know, I got to figure out if I'm going to do the brag and rights game because that is the first day of our winter break or maybe just doing a kind of party at the house. I'm, I'm leaning towards that because that is a Thursday night, a Wednesday night three days before Christmas. Uh, yeah, you got to get that win. Please, for the love of God, don't lose to them. But the, but the key games on this schedule, Friday, January 14th at home against Michigan, a Friday night at home against Michigan. We've seen that place loud before. We've seen that place, the Benham in State Farm Center when Iowa comes to town. And that's your last game of the year, so get excited for that. But this Michigan game on Friday, January 14th, circle that as the loudest that stadium will be since, I don't know, 05, 04, Wake Forest game, it is going to be absolutely bananas in that stadium. And I cannot wait to yell like a moronic meatball fan for all the things that happened last year to Juwan Howard and his sanctimonious garbage. Freaking Michigan basketball can kiss my ass. Purdue, Monday, January 17th. That game troubles me more than Michigan. There's going to be so much emotion flowing that Friday. I wish there was more of a separation there. And at Maryland after that, and then Michigan State after that. That is, as Trevor Lee said on Twitter, the gauntlet. Good Lord, that is a four-game stretch. You do get Michigan State at home, Michigan and Purdue as well. At Maryland, I, I kind of circle that as a loss almost. And, and I would love it to be a loss after two wins in a row against Michigan and Purdue at home. Because at that point, you really put yourself in position to win the conference title. A couple other ones I like here. Wednesday, February 2nd, Wisconsin at home. We own them. I wouldn't mind playing at Cole Center again. I just would I, I love how they've fallen. It's just so nice. I've been waiting 20 years for this to happen. And now it's happened. And we've spanked them the last couple times we played them. We'll do it again on February 2nd. Looking forward to that. Ohio State on Thursday, February 24th. That's going to have that venom with the EJ Liddell part. And, and I, I can't wait for that atmosphere as well. In crunch time of presumably a Big Ten race. And Sunday, March 6th. 
Iowa at home. Another reason that game is special, that will be damn near two years to the day from when you beat Iowa at home the final game of the 2020 season. I would love for that to have a full circle kind of feeling to it. If you recall on that Sunday back in 2020, it was a gorgeous early March Sunday, I think 65 degrees out. We had my parents over for a cookout. Dad and I went. It's one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen at the State Farm Center. And I've seen some good ones, but man, the people were nuts. And this was a day after any chances of a Big Ten title went out the window. And yet the fans were up for it. Iowa, Illinois is back. Now, Iowa doesn't have Luca Garza. They don't have Wieskamp. God, why am I forgetting? Oh, it starts with a B. What is that turd's name? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's just from Jess Settles to all these other nameless white guys that have run through that program. I, I really lose track. You guys know who I'm talking about. He's the one that can't take a joke on Twitter. He actually got beat up in an Iowa City bar. Bowen Camp? What, what the hell can I remember his name? I know this isn't the most uh, exciting <laughs> The most exciting podcasting right here, but I, I got to look this up. I have to look this guy's name up. Uh, let's see here. Men's basketball, University of Iowa roster. What is this turd's name? I probably shouldn't call him a turd. I don't know him, but he just seems like one. Jordan Bohannon. How could I forget his name? He's probably an eighth-year senior, one of those guys that never freaking leaves. Uh, there are other guys in that Iowa team that are good. Keegan Murray is the one to watch. Watch him vault into some sort of superstar sort of thing. There's still a McCaffrey on the team. Of course, there's a McCaffrey. He probably has an endless cavalcade of six foot eight doofus sons that'll join his team. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. And the full circle nature of it that I'm most excited about is the hope that that March 6 will be on the complete other side of this pandemic. We're just done with it, right? Um, and, and I would hope by then it kind of is done. More people that get the boosters that need it. Okay, they get it. Maybe some more people that have, for whatever reason, not gotten the vaccine. Don't even get me started on that. They get it too, and we get on the other side of this thing. That would be nice. Quick footnote to Illinois basketball, and I've said this a couple podcasts ago. Please be prepared for the fact that they will probably require mask, and they also may require vaccine proof or proof of a negative test. This is what indoor venues are doing. If you're going to any concerts this fall, it's the same thing. It's just how it is. I guess it sucks. What can I tell you? We could have been out of this thing. It ain't my damn fault. But this is probably the reality for indoor events through the winter. Don't be an ass. I have six graders. They're used to it. They don't care. We can't wait for a time where we come into the classroom and don't have to wear a mask. We're all in agreement. That, we're all in agreement there, right? We cannot wait until a post-mask world. I'm right there with you. But don't be a jerk to ushers. Don't be a jerk to the people at the door. They aren't getting paid much, and they don't need to listen to your crap. Just wear the mask for two hours if that's what they ask you to do, and cheer even louder because the mask might make you a little bit quieter. Okay? It won't take that much enjoyment away from you. I promise. I am chomping at the bit to get back into State Farm Center. I will be there with mask on if that's what they want, showing them vaccine proof if that's what they want, because it's been too damn long. Don't be an ass. I think I'm probably preaching to the wrong choir here. I think that you guys probably, probably would not be the types to do that. We have, we have a great listener base here at the 200 level. Good people. Good people. All right. Oh, nice to talk basketball, isn't it? 
isn't it nice to just sort of daydream about a 20, what was it, 25 and 7? 27 and 5. That was my record prediction. Let's mark it down. On September 8th, 27 and 5. I think that's good enough for one seed. Two seed at worst. I think this season's going to go swimmingly. Yeah. Haven't used that term in a while, but I really do. Okay, I put up a poll. Quick thing about football before we get out of here. I put up a poll, something I've not done in a while. And what I was asking people is whether or not the UTSA game will have any bearing or effect on how many games you go to going forward. Now, I understand that for this question, I am talking to hardcore Illini fans, so it may not have changed at all for them. And in fact, that is basically the response I got. But there were enough people that responded saying they would go to fewer games to, I think, raise a little bit of concern. And I'll explain what I mean here in just a second. Here was the poll question word for word. How did the loss to UTSA affect your plans to attend Illini football games this season? I'm going to take a quick thing of coffee here. One sec. Oh, yeah. Voice is feeling it. Okay. 361 votes. Did this yesterday. 73% attend the same number. No bearing, no effect on how many games they're going to attend despite the disappointment against UTSA. 4.7% are going to attend more games. So you must have liked what you saw. Uh, I will say, in defense of anyone that responded like that, uh, I was not as dejected about UTSA as, let's say, Eastern Michigan two years ago. I do think UTSA is probably a sound football team with a few explosive players. You can't lose to them. You did. But I do think we can talk about matters of degree. Is this as bad as Eastern Michigan two years ago? I don't think so. And even that Illinois team somehow found a way to six wins. So as disappointing as that is, and as unlikely as it is that you would beat Virginia on Saturday, I am not ready to wave the white flag just yet, at least. Here's the percentage for attend fewer games. 22.2. Now, that's one out of five. That means if we're looking at, you know, if we were to project that, this is not a scientific poll, but if we were to extrapolate that number to the 33,000 people that were there at UTSA, that means that one out of five of them, so that would be about 6,000, 7,000, 6,500, let's say, are not coming to the next game, or they're going to drop one game as a result of that. Keep in mind as well that we are talking about listeners of an Illini podcast that probably consume a lot of Illini media, already have season tickets, or already decide well before the year starts how many games they're going to go to. And one out of five of them said, eh, I'm going to fewer. Now think about average Joe fan. And the big thing I focused on Sunday's podcast was, of course, the on-field stuff concerned me. But what was more depressing to me in a lot of ways is that this is just a rinse and repeat sort of thing that we're all too used to as Illini fans. You know, you get up a little bit for one win, and the Nebraska win felt like a big win, did it not? It felt like a a statement win for a new coaching staff. And then we saw more of the same. So in other words, the turd is still in the punch bowl. And uh, we're still Illini football. I understand all the reaction that I saw last Saturday because, yes, it is exasperating to be an Illini fan and continue to get the proverbial nut punch. We are the Charlie Brown and... Our fortunes, it seemed time and time again, or Lucy just pulling the football away. We are just not meant to have it good, or so it feels. But here's the thing that I try to practice. And I did this with basketball. It bit me in the butt with Loyola. But 
at 34, maybe it's an age thing. I'm kind of done with the Murphy's Law assuming the worst is going to happen. I won't go so far as to say that I think Illinois beats Virginia. I don't think they do. In fact, it might get ugly. But I also don't want to take that one game and say season's over, we're done for. When just two years ago, it actually was not the case at all after losing to Eastern Michigan. So how do you get fans interested again? Beating Virginia would go a long way. I would love on Saturday when we're doing this outdoor podcast and I got the grill going and we're doing a little tailgate podcast action. I would love for that game to end at 1.30. Think about that. Game's going to end by 1.30 in the afternoon and be able to soak in a victory the rest of the day. That would feel great. I don't know much about Virginia. They got a lot of guys coming back. They're an old team. They got a good offense. Probably not a good recipe for this Illini defense. Though, there is that sliver of a chance where Illinois comes out and responds well after a loss. And maybe they're a little bit healthier at running back. It sounds like Chase Brown is good to go, so that's a big addition. Not sure about Brandon Peters. You might have to go with Sitkowski again. But maybe somehow, someway, you find yourself in a, cl- a close game in the fourth quarter, and you actually feel good about what you're seeing ahead of Maryland next week. And that's not going to be an easy matchup either. So, we'll see, though. If you lose to Virginia, let's say you lose by a lot. Friday night game against Maryland, I like the Friday night game, but how many people that after the Nebraska game said, you know what, when I get off work that Friday, the first thing I'm going to do is go park and get a couple hours of tailgating in before the Maryland game. I think a few of them are going to drop out of that and say, yeah, let's just watch it at home instead. Because going to these games, going to the tailgate, finding a parking space, getting a secondary market ticket for dirt cheap, (laughs) because they still are. It's not really a hot ticket. It's still a time investment. And this is not a team, or I should say a program, that has shown it is worth investing in. It just isn't. Sad to say. Now, that does lead me to the Maryland game. Are you ready to have some fun? Here's what we're going to do. My band, Decadence, is playing before the Maryland game in Grange Grove. The stage has been set up before at the southwest corner, looking towards the Grange statue, right? Yeah, the Grange statue is on the uh, west side. So... Here's what we're doing. Beginning at 5 o'clock, we're starting a tailgate in the southwest corner of Grange Grove. BYOB, bring your own chairs, whatever you want to bring. Our set runs from 6 to 7.30. So what is better than live music and tailgating? As my dad often says, and I think it's true, the great thing about tailgating before a concert is your team always wins. So we'll put on a good rock and roll show, whether you go into the game or not. And if you do, you can just watch until the end of our show at 7.30, waltz right into the west side. I don't think there's going to be too much of a line to get in that Maryland game, though beating Virginia would help. So what is going to happen on Saturday? Well, I don't feel good. I don't think any of us should feel good given the history of Illinois non-conference games on the road. It has not gone well. I think about at North Carolina, at Washington, I think about uh, back in 08 at Western Michigan in Detroit. What a neutral site disaster that was. And it is a long list of disappointments, and you have to go back a long way for the last meaningful non-conference road win, and that was Syracuse in 07. I distinctly remember going to Legends to watch that game, and we smoked them. And I think at that point, Illinois was 3-1, and one, maybe 2-1, and one. But regardless, it felt like, holy crap, we got an amazing running back. Juice is starting to play well. Pretty good defense. And it felt like this is going to be a bowl team. Little did we know Rose Bowl. 
But that was a big win despite the opponent not being so great that year. Because you know why? It is exceedingly rare for a program like Illinois to get non-conference road wins. I tell you what, our luck with scheduling is terrible. When you schedule the UTSA in Virginia five, six years ago, they were not the threats that they are now. And what do you know? You're staring down the barrel of a one and two non-conference before nine Big Ten games. Though I do think some of these Big Ten West opponents will be a little bit easier of a matchup for Illinois than even a UTSA and especially a Virginia. If they lose Saturday, the likeliest outcome, to me, it really matters how they lose. I do think eye test still matters. Look competent, please. Don't get blown out. If you get blown out, I'm afraid that we are starting to consider a really bad season and that we might have to accept a reality that they just aren't good. And what I also don't want is a season that's so bad where we already question a year into it, uh, how good is Brett Bielema, really? I would love to avoid that. And to do that, give me a competent five and seven, you know? Just just show me that you don't outright suck. And I'll still be on board with the Brett Bielema thing because I don't know how good this talent is. But you know what? This can all be flipped. This can all be null and void. This sort of what if, negative what ifs, if they win on Saturday. That would be great. I would love to watch that game with Isaac and Trevor and see a surprise victory. My prediction, though, Virginia 34, Illinois 17. Not feeling it. I'm just not. Long field goal from a court, maybe. Couple touchdowns on offense, but I still haven't seen enough consistency offensively. And the defense was alarmingly bad last week, which makes me think Nebraska might just be the dumbest football team on the planet. They very well may be. I mean, it is a Scott Frost coach team after all. So, all right. That's it for today's episode. Wanted to get something out there, talk a little bit of hoops, and then a little bit of football at the end of it. Hope you enjoyed the basketball conversation. Probably a little bit frenetic as I went through that schedule, but what the hell? It's fun. 27 and 5. Take that to the bank with you. 27 and 5 Big Ten champions, number one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. Probably a one seed if you're 27 and 5. Good Lord. But that's my prediction for that. And then for football, 34 to 17, Virginia. Please prove me wrong, Illinois. Please look decent. Hey, good thing is, even if they don't, it's on ACC Network at 10 in the freaking morning, which again, I love. Get the game out of the way, especially if it's a disappointment. And actually, even if it's not a disappointment, you get a whole day to celebrate or a whole day to forget about it. I love that. Why There'd be no sense in this being a night game. You know, what anticipation would be building? It's sort of like, get it over with. Either way, just get this thing over with. Um, but excited to have Trevor and Isaac back over get those guys going again with these live reaction pods. I know the fans like it. And if the game goes poorly, we will still have fun with it. And we won't try to personally mock anybody, but we will make fun of bad stuff if that's what it entails. And it very well may. Uh, Or we will loudly celebrate and Isaac will have some let's go queued up and ready to go for you. All right. The 200 levels brought to you by DP Doe. I'm on a dpdoe.com. Order online, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, custom zones with any topping you want, or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie and the Buffer Zone. That is dpdoe.com, celebrating their 15th anniversary on the University of Illinois campus, dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Get some Illini football and basketball swag delivered right to your doorstep. 
takes about a week. It doesn't take even uh, that long for me sometimes. So go on there. I recommend the Corey Bradford shirt, Script Illinois shirt, and some really cool Illini football shirts, including Big Guy 1 and 2. You're going to love those shirts at 4thandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen, all mine at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction, all mine at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. These guys have expert craftsmanship and great customer service to boot. They will get your job done in a timely fashion, which we know that can be really difficult with renovation projects. So go to Rector Construction, that's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Got to thank Champagne Showers Podcast Network and Alani Inquirer for their partnership with the 200 level. And got to thank you, the listeners, for all your support, even for a podcast like the last one where we bemoaned a loss to UTSA. Hopefully, better days are ahead for Illinois football. I know they are for Illinois basketball. In the meantime, stay stay healthy, stay safe. Ugh, might be time for me to get out of here. And we'll see you on Saturday. It is the 200 level. Mm-hmm.